0: Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 206, Episode 4 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of Uh, iHeartRadio. It completely throws me off if we take a single day off. I I can't say the episode number confidently because I'm like, Episode 4, but it's Friday. Anyways, a little window behind the uh, curtain there. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive, a window behind the curtain (laughs) into (laughs) the behind the scenes of the curtain. Uh, this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into American Shared Consciousness. Miles, ah, it is nice Friday, trip. October 15th, Friday. 2021, which of course means that it is National Shwarma Day, National I Love Lucy Day. National Grouch Day. Yeah, now that Salt. is what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> a little old old man energy, a little old live in a garbage can. That's I think it's, it. it's
1: something to do with, like, think from the Sesame Street people that like, got this day on board or something been celebrated since 76 national grouch day
0: that was one of the things i tried to get my son to be for halloween instead of a trash truck was oscar <laughs> the grouch because he lives in a trash can and right he was like nah oscar the grouch sucks dad which is not true but i'm, I'm working on him anyways uh street. my name is jack o'brien oh. a.k here we pod again not alone Getting loud about some stoves that run on coal Like a hipster I was born to dress in wool But I've made up my mind I gotta record some more Zeit So here I pod again That is courtesy of Johnny Davis And I am thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host Mr. Miles Gray
1: I said I am weed I am
0: weed.
1: I am weed. I am weed. Yes, Megan Fox. I smell like weed because I am weed. Wow, that just occurred to me this morning, and that's to me, shout out to me and shout out to Molly Lambert with Molly that Lambert. amazing article. We we're like, Yo, Molly
0: wrote that shit. <laughs> we, like right when we got off, yeah. as Anna Hosni <laughs> she was like, Ah, yeah, you guys talked about Molly's article. I was like, Huh. But amazing work by Molly Lambert. Hopefully, we can have her on to talk about what really went on in that article. But yeah. what the fuck? I'm still not over it. And if he smokes mids, you know, what kind of weed is MGK smoking? You know <laughs> what if he just
1: smokes the worst trash? He smokes weed? like CBD. <laughs> like, that's like, she was that's smoking
0: like... a CBD joint at one point.
1: He was? She was. Oh, Megan Fox. At, was? During
0: the thing. Yeah, Megan Fox. I guess it was oh, the prep so she's for that tattoo. It. So, yeah, I, I yeah. guess I, I shouldn't act like that's a big deal. She isn't weed. He is weed. So. Right, right. But that's what I mean. If you, he was all CBD, too. If, yeah, no, because then I'd be like, <laughs> wait, what?
1: That means you don't like any kind of psychoactive anything. You're just like, I just like the act of
0: smoking this neutral plant. I actually but, like the synthetic stuff you can get from the uh spice gas station. <laughs> yeah, spice K1. <laughs> down with that? Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat once again, way too long, uh, long. by a comedian and writer uh, who has written for Adult Swim's Robot Chicken and hosts the hilarious Los Angeles-based comedy show Funnelingus with past guests Dana Donnelly and Pallavi Ganalan. Please welcome the hilarious and talented Ellery
2: Smith! Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh my God, thank you for being back. Been too long.
2: Been, been too, too
1: long. long since we were just looking back. The last episode you were on was 2019. In July. I mean, it
0: was so long ago. We were talking about Havana Syndrome. That's I mean, <laughs> Over. you remember that story? It's been lasted days one week since yeah. I talked about. It. What What's new with you? You're, you're still in LA. You're still I'm still in still LA. The I didn't thing. leave at all. Okay.
2: I nice. <laughs> Had nowhere to go, so I roughed it out the whole time here. Just spent a lot of time at home with my cat.
1: Yeah. Any new, uh, what's new, new hobbies, new, new desires, new life I wanted
2: to learn. I picked up a lot of half hobbies over the pandemic, but two I didn't get to is I wanted to learn the banjo. Didn't happen, but there's still time. And then I think I'm going to get a worm farm.
0: Yes. A worm farm? Do you have a yard or a... No,
2: I have a garage, like a dark garage I can close, but I wouldn't have to keep it in my house. But yeah, I want like a red wiggler worm farm. What's that? It's... Just a farm. It's like a box of worms that hang out and they eat your leftovers and they make oh. like really nutrient rich soil for your house plants.
1: Right. Right. And then is it like an ant farm where like you can kind of watch them like get you can down? watch from
2: the top, but they need like d- they live like in the dirt. So they need yeah, darkness. Right.
0: Have you heard of these things, Miles? Worms? Have you heard about them?
2: I don't even really know if they're b- are worms bugs.
0: Are worms bugs. Right, Aren't I think they- they're actually vegetables because they don't have <laughs> seeds. <laughs> if, if my understanding is correct,
1: I mean invertebrates at best is the thing yeah. I would yeah. stake my claim on, like but land
2: crustaceans.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. they ain't got no exoskeleton though. Yeah, they're... no, and that's what people come to hear this show for. People with no <laughs> science background. Like, I was say, this a, is a science a show.
2: <laughs> 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 I was in a writer's room once, and I told everybody that ducks were mammals. And I didn't hear the end of it for like 2 weeks.
1: <laughs> or did I you have like mean... a nickname because of it
2: too? <laughs> no, they would just keep bringing it up and I'd be like, "Listen guys, I was addicted to whippets in high school. I'm not going I'm not bringing <laughs> yeah. like brain power to the table. I'm just a fun personality."
1: Now, also if you want to start talking can... nangs then then right. we can start talking.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> ducks kind of are mammals like from <laughs> an impressionistic standpoint. Yeah, They've got <laughs> like are some mammal are some mammal ass birds for sure. Yeah. They've got mammal oh.
2: vibes. Wait,
0: why yes. do you think it has a mam-
1: What What's mammal vibey about? To me, it's so clearly a bird. But what?
0: I don't know what it is about it. Like they just like they I feel like they have fur. They they just not like they just seem is like a they chill around the how swamp. Do you, how do you feel about a swan? That's
2: yeah, a that's bird? a mammal.
0: Yeah, that's that might as well oh. be a mammal.
1: OK, so we're, we're thinking any like a bird that is like more sort of unique, like the bill is a little bit different. It's not like a flying Tweety type bird
0: that you feel me, like it has big like mammal, mammal energy.
2: like a warm-blooded thing. When I think of like
0: snakes
2: right. or alligators, I'm like, okay, cold-blooded, that's whatever the opposite of that's the a,
0: bird. a,
1: that's,
2: a- <laughs> that's a bird. A snake is a bird. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a bird. Them birds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Something about like duck boots and like... Yeah, something about that all just makes the them LLB mammals in my boots? brain. Yeah, the L like they're they're too associated with LLB and to be not mammals in my brain. Wait, but
1: what is a a duck boot that that's giving you all this like duck information? Boat? You're like, this is f- okay. You know. All right, turn yeah. this up the station and I think I'm catching the next
0: one. So I'll, I'll see y'all. See y'all. Now nah, this is gonna one. be the episode, Miles. We're, we're just, just gonna, gonna be t- riffing <laughs> on duck items. Right, right. <laughs> duck face, those are mammals, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. Well they're because they're humans posing their face jackets. Just, nah, ducks. it's ducks are mammals. Uh anyways, okay. Ellery, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. There was a Trump rally where they pledged allegiance to a flag from January 6th. So we'll talk about how that went. We're going to talk about how power operates in two disparate stories. Uh, Adam Schefter, the NFL woge, like the the lesser woge from a shittier
1: league. Insider, NFL insider.
0: Yeah. And then Alex Murdoch. I think is how we're pronouncing it, was charged with hiding settlement money from the kids of the woman he may have murdered. Uh, he's, he's the small town, big time attorney who has just generations of corruption. And it's just it's just wild to lift up the rock and see what's going on under there. Worms. Worms. Yeah. Everywhere. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk big strike energy. We're going to talk how the January 6th subpoena dodgers are entering uh, what is termed in legal circles, the find out phase of the uh, fuck around and find out Mm -hmm. uh, legal process. And uh, I'm calling it. (laughs) Today, we're talking about a medical condition where you have zero visual imagination. This is getting up there as the story I've introduced the most times and uh, super producer Justin has had to cut it out of the intro the most times or not. Maybe you've all heard me introduce it 15 (laughs) times, but we're going to fucking talk about it today. You hear Oh, that plenty more. But first, Ellery, we do like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history?
2: My most recent search is Hollywood Improv Food Menu. Okay.
1: Okay. What's up with that? What's what, what is well, it good? I think
2: it Ah, oh, no, it's not good. Okay. But it tells you that like I'm somebody that plans ahead. Yeah. That I support live comedy and that I'm willing to spend like eighteen dollars on a hamburger when I live five minutes away.
1: Wow. What's the best thing to eat there?
2: I wouldn't recommend any of it, but
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, have you just gone down the list to find the most tolerable offering? You
2: yeah, basically, I get they have a Impossible Burger that's serviceable, and then the last time I was there, the, the door guy let me finish his fries, and so that was oh, a, a nice wait. free meal.
1: Yeah, nice. Love, it, love. It. I love cool. a spare set of fries. Absolutely. I'll no. If they're yeah. going
2: to the trash can instead, definitely.
1: Yeah. Or look, and I've said this before, I'm I've thrown out fries and been like,
2: you know what, actually, I don't let I me get back in there. Out. If it's your personal trash can. that's Yeah. Fine.
1: And it's in a container. Yeah. It didn't touch any other trash and it's on top. Look, I'm all for it. I'm just being efficient. Look, all
0: these that. food service industry workers want to complain about unfair wages. But <laughs> what they don't talk about is the free fries. That was the one thing that made my one very short lived waiting job bearable was that they had really good fries. That I I worked at a
2: donut shop this summer and we got a new manager towards the end of my tenure there and he yelled at me for eating the tater tots.
0: Motherfucker. Yeah. Like, Like, why do you think I work here, asshole? (laughs) Well, also, I was
2: making the tater tots. It's like, you do have to test them to see if they're
1: okay. As long as you're not eating them straight out the basket or something, you know, you're not doing a health code violation. (laughs) Scam them unless that's what the thing is like ellery please stop reaching into the deep fryer and just pulling out <laughs>
2: nothing wrong with that
1: it like, burns you hold hot. Up your <laughs> hot, 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 hot.
2: You, get, do... you get used to it your fingertips burn off and then you stop right blowing.
1: right right like you're in the men in black
2: yeah
0: i do wish any like somebody had told me at like as i was entering the workforce that like 90% of the jobs exist so that somebody has the ability to like be mean to somebody else. Like a, mm-hmm. a manager has the ability to like yeah. belittle someone so they feel a little bit better mm-hmm. and that they're like always wrong. because
2: <laughs> We were manager for, this is sort of like a, a saga, but we were without a manager for quite a few months and everything was totally fine. And it really sort of exposed the fact that like managers are mostly there for organizational stuff. Yeah, And yeah. to, like, make sure you're wearing your uniform. But we literally went, like, four, man- four months without a manager and nothing happened.
1: Yeah. Right. Hmm. And they're like, well, no, I still need to add someone that I pay a lot more than the, the rest of y'all to make sure this yeah. works, despite the evidence that it's working without it.
2: Well, we all quit as soon as, as, soon as he hired So <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> boom. Yeah. There you go. Flex
0: it. And that is the system working. You hire your manager and then everybody quits. And you're <laughs> like, this is a good manager. He really uh, holds it down, you know. What was a good donuts? Were you were you happy with the quality of donuts that you were? Yeah, serving?
2: the donuts rocked. I would eat a lot of donuts for sure. Okay. Yeah,
1: I just saw that video on TikTok of that the like that Dunkin' worker who was showing how much donuts they throw out at the end of the day. And oh I like,
2: yeah, yeah, we threw out a lot of unfrosted donuts, but I, we were able to donate a few too.
1: Right, right, right. And but like, but when you see things like that, you are like, God, there is just so there is so much waste still. There really on. is,
2: and there are so many. But I also used to work at Trader Joe's, and just to see the stuff that we would throw out and like not be able to donate because right. it was like sort of a liability for the company was really like one of the things that radicalized me for sure.
1: Right, right. And you're like, because of some weird liability thing, like this it's, isn't well, expired. Because... Exactly. Like, we just have to protect ourselves. We just have to protect yeah. there's no and way then, we could ever yeah.
2: And then we would lock the dumpster, we'd put padlocks yeah. on the dumpsters yeah, so yeah, people couldn't go back in.
0: Yeah. It you was gotta... crazy. Throw it out and protect. Yeah, the
2: because they're so worried that somebody could su- get sick and sue. You'd right.
1: hope that at the very least there wouldn't be a law that, like, if you are at a point where you're eating out of the trash can, that couldn't be frivolous about suing somebody. But I don't know, like, it and that because that's the
0: all the worry. It's like, but it's, it's this liability yeah. thing. It's a yeah. cool system. Overall, it's a cool <laughs> system that we have. Very good. No holes to be oh, Wait, you know? so you work
1: yo, do they make y'all say at Trader Joe's like to compliment oh, shit. the shit that people buy?
2: I see those tweets now and it's really funny to think about, but no, I think they just hire they first of all, I think that they hire really like somebody Stoked in a regular people. world would be really annoying. But at Trader Joe's it's like <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Like I worked with oh. a lot of really annoying. Sort of like high personality people. Right. But I genuinely think they just, they look for people who are like good at small talk, friendly, you know? So right. it's sort of like they, Got you know. It. Also, when I was working there, I had, I had like, I worked there actually with my mom like through high school and then I worked there through college. And it was like a little performance, you know what I mean? Like you get, it was sort right. of like doing stand up. And
1: right. like the
2: customers expect that too.
1: Interesting. Oh, so it's more of an energetic sort of thing. Yeah, like it's definitely an energy.
2: For- and also, you're not a lot like, I feel like, that was one of the few jobs where if I was having like a somber day, customers really noticed because like, what's wrong? Oh, there was this drilling outside my house and I thought that was your reaction to that.
0: It sounded like a plane going over. Yeah. No, 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 I was it's... I was pretending to be a Trader Joe's uh, like a
1: customer. <laughs>
0: Yikes.
2: Yeah, but I feel like at that job specifically because like the tenor is so upbeat always, if you have like a medium day, customers are really like smile right. more.
0: Gotta oh, imagine like the you thing know, that everybody here. loves to hear. Is yeah, yeah oh, you exactly. Can smile more. <laughs> can you give us any of your Trader Joe's material from your like stand up days working the working oh. Trader Joe's?
2: Mm. I can't even really remember it now, it's so far away. Yeah. But there was a bunch of basically just
0: yeah, dealing with
2: <laughs> customers was yeah, also there's sort of like a a rumor or a mythos around Trader Joe's that it's like healthy food because there's bamboo paneling like in all the stores right but it's it's <laughs> not people think it's healthy yeah. yeah oh also they're they're reduced guilt at least this was true when I worked there they're like reduced guilt meals uh it's uh-huh. the same food just less
0: oh, oh right so wow. calorically you're arriving yes you get a, a smaller
2: number. serving but nothing is different right. about the recipe
0: that is a window behind the scenes behind the curtain of Trader Joe's yeah. that you g- only get from the Daily Zikes. T R A I T O R Joe's <laughs> as we call it. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> that's that's a good name for a podcast. We got to do it. Cuz Trader Joe's that was I remember they were like one of the only brands that had a podcast for a long time. Yeah. They were like the they Trader do. Joe's podcast where you just like go and listen to people talk about how fucking lit Trader Joe's is. TJ's yeah, yeah. Uh, what is something you think is overrated, Ellery?
2: Mm, so I have two. I said All right. s- sweater weather, kind of mm. overrated. It's good for a week, and then I'm like, I'm not into it. And then really original Halloween costumes, I think, are overrated because they're fun. <laughs> but
1: really original. Really original. All that effort you put in
2: yes, exactly. Here's exactly what I think about it because good ones are really good, but. Some of them are too niche, which means you're explaining yourself all night. And then Mm -hmm. we're we need to, like, normalize lazy Halloween costumes.
0: Yeah. We're all
2: busy. I don't want to buy a bunch of stuff. You're never going to wear any of that shit again.
1: No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I like the last time I really did it up for Halloween. I like my friend who has like a costume house. I was like, can I borrow like a holster? and like that was it and then i was like this is too much this is too much effort i remember when i could just put on a basketball uniform and just say i'm i'm
0: basketball guy <laughs> give me some candy yeah the halloween costume industry so long way of getting to agreeing with you but i had recently heard from somebody like that their friend is like this billionaire who just looks at various industries and is like oh that is a thing that is like 40 years old that nobody's refreshed so they're the person behind the brand method because they looked at like those like soap and like the shit that you buy in the uh like houseware section of grocery store and was like this all looks like shit and looks like it was designed in the 70s and so ever since they told me that i've been trying to think of like what is the other thing that is that and like Halloween costumes fucking suck, man. They're like so bad. Like Halloween costume stores, like what? Why is that? That we that they're maybe we
1: seem to be more creative because I feel like we're kind of a lot of people like we get pigeonholed into like monsters, heroes, sexy stuff, and like memes. And you should just be able to be like super esoteric with it, like maybe (laughs) like to the point where you know you're saying, Ellery, like if it's niche, fuck explaining it to somebody. It's like it's Halloween. You know what yeah, I mean? Just I'm dressed it. for the fuck, whatever the fuck I want to. If I want to wear three sets of pajamas all, all at once, I'm going to do that.
2: <laughs> Your pajamas, Sam. I do think it's one of the in- few industries where you really bump up against IP. So, like, right. you're like, we've all seen those tweets that are like, instead of Wednesday Adams, it's like Monday Jones or something like <laughs> right, that. Right, right, <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blake from Work Alex was talking about on uh, their show, this is important that he. Found a costume that was his, into, like a wig and a like tie that like his uniform his from workaholics, <laughs> and it was like lazy blork. stoner guy from work. <laughs> yeah, blork, <laughs> lazy stoner guy at, from working. That's dude, so office job. That's
2: so funny. It'd be awful <laughs> if they just like roasted you, just being like. Ugly right. frizzy haired. It's like
1: right. what the fuck? Right. <laughs> yeah, look, it's Blork from Job Addicts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they should do, absolutely. <laughs> I think maybe that's just funnier is getting wild, Blork. like dancing the fine line of <laughs> getting ID. so close. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, dude. No, this is Blork from Job Addicts. What are you talking What's who's Blake from Workaholics? <laughs> maybe we need to sue them. Wait, the sweater weather thing though. Explain, because aren't you from the Northeast? Aren't you from New York?
2: I, I am. Good memory. Yeah. And even there, like, I sort of miss seasons, but there's nothing as uncomfortable to me as being cold. And then also I'll oh. argue that, like, sweater weather, fall weather, you need, like, a sweater in the morning. By afternoon, it's 75 degrees. Yeah.
0: And absolutely. all of those
2: layers don't make sense. And then as soon as the sun goes down, it's, like, 40
0: Right. And right. so it's okay. like
2: you're experiencing like three different outfit needs in one day.
0: Yeah, well, especially in Los Angeles for sure. Dr- trying to dress a kid for school like on like my son went to school today in like a heavy sweater and shorts because I was just like, I don't fucking know. And that's when it'll yeah. be yeah. gone by the yeah.
2: afternoon and you'll never yeah. see it again. It'll just yeah. get pulled off at school and re- stay yeah. there.
1: Plus like in high school, like junior high stuff, I never brought a jacket to school no. unless it was raining. That's right. a hoodie. I-, I wear a thing. hoodie at most.
2: To never and wear like, a jacket—that's such a teenage thing. Like in my life, yeah, too. just being
1: stupid because yeah. you're like, whatever. Like the morning will be cold, and then you'll get in the class, and then by nutrition, it's more bearable. And plus, like, I—I would always forget my jackets in
0: class, and then some. Yeah, how many carry something around? My jacket. Yeah, what are you, a white kid from Massachusetts?
1: <laughs> Not wearing. <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. The the cold doesn't winter. bother <laughs> me. Cold <laughs> does my, yeah. Wait, the cold is just a cold, state of I'm mind, talking dude. about
0: when it's 68. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they they will walk outside in shorts and a t shirt and be like, "Nah, dude, this is nothing." and Mass, it's like we're in New York. We're like probably the same latitude. What is something you think is underrated?
2: Mm, underrated. I have mid morning movies, like a Ooh. like a ten a.m. to an eleven a.m. movie.
1: Oh, I love that. Oh shit! Like going to the movie theater. Like going
2: to the movie, seeing like the first movie that you can that day. Like when I had movie pass r.i.p yeah. i have the amc pass now but i would get so stoned and just see like the earliest movie i could and i had the rest of the day to myself it was like the perfect sort of morning i'd like bring a coffee in
1: wow, wow. like you're reading the paper
2: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> exactly Catching a movie. i haven't i don't think i've ever been to the first showing of like a film i feel like i've been to a mat. like i think the earliest i've ever been to film is like noon
2: you, a noon is operable, but it's so in the middle of the day that it like sort of mm-hmm. takes a chunk out. I feel like doing it first thing, you have the rest of the day. It's also sort of like a slow wake up. Right. So by the time you're back out, the world is like on. That's
1: yeah, such I'm gonna a quit, good I'm idea. I'm gonna quit this job, Jack. I'm gonna start doing
2: that.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's definitely we could a just luxury of what, the
2: unemployed for sure.
0: We can just change when we record. I want to start doing it too. That sounds. <laughs> no, funny. I want to do it too. I want to go.
2: It's meditative. I highly recommend it.
0: Right. Bong Joon-ho, like, you're the second person I've heard talk about, like, morning movies in the last week. He was talking about how he wakes up at five every morning and watches a movie, which is The director wild. of Parasite, Bong Yeah, Joon-ho. the director yeah. of Parasite wakes up, like, and watches one to two movies before his day starts. Oh,
2: interesting.
0: Which, damn. I'm like, man, that's... Like you always hear about people like waking up and like writing or like doing you know something productive I, I like the idea of just being like, nah this is my favorite thing in the world to do so it's I'm also to... it's
2: also productive you yeah know
1: what I mean absolutely. It's sti- and for someone who's a filmmaker it's probably yeah. incredibly stimulating and inspiring like Definitely. just like if you're a musician like you need to like you need to listen to other shit to be like, oh shit now I'm getting fucking ideas yeah, so yeah. exactly but I wonder how he chooses like does he just is he have like a list that he goes oh, to I'm sure and he has like, like oh I haven't seen list. Senseless with Marlon Wayans and David Spade yet. We listen I to like, like this one.
0: I love that. <laughs> when you listen to like cinephiles talk that so you realize that there's like you could keep watching great movies like from now until the time you died. and like you'd so never know. So many. I like kind yeah. of like
2: imagine imagining watching him watch like what's the worst that could happen like the Danny DeVito right. Martin Lawrence crossover
0: <laughs> yeah. movie. Like, hmm. yeah, he's like I'm going to I'm going to steal that. Yeah, actually. exactly. I like
2: really bad movies. Like, on I'm, I love a bad movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. The best. He's like, Parasite was
1: actually, I got inspired after I watched the film of Joe's Apartment. <laughs> uh, the TV <laughs> film about the cockroaches. Right.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, talk about a story that we could have talked about uh, the last time you were on, Ellery. A Trump rally. Have you, have you guys I heard have. about these? You seen yeah, these?
2: I read about this one.
0: All right. right, well, we'll be right back. And we're back. And Trump rallied with Youngkin.
1: Yeah. Glenn Youngkin.
0: Youngkin. Yeah. Who is somebody. He's 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 running for governor <laughs> in Virginia. Like I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> but Miles, why, why don't you take it from here?
1: <laughs> ah, here we go. Uh, so, the headline
0: is all I know about the story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, so Virginia, they have a gubernatorial election coming and it's going to probably be our our first sort of solid indicator of how political candidates are going to fare in the Biden era, especially given like the flippy floppy like platform not being, you know, voted into reality at all. And, you know, while the California recall could have been consequential on a political level. And obviously for anyone who lived in lives in the state, California is just reliably blue, unlike Virginia. So they're like, no, this is this is going to give us a real kind of an eye into maybe what midterms look like or what Democrats are up against. Republicans are up against. And Glenn Youngkin is the Republican running against Terry McAuliffe. And he is like, you know, he's a businessman. He's mostly self-funded, but he's also got, you know, he's got some some people helping out. And he's running this like kind of campaign where He's having to half embrace Trump, but can't go full MAGA because suburban and independent voters. And so he's doing this like very like, I'll talk about having voter integrity on my website, but not go full big lie ish all the time. Like he's just trying to have it every way possible. And there was a rally for him that was hosted by Steve Bannon on Wednesday. And Trump phoned in to like just fucking rant and rave. But The fucking thing kicked off with a pledge of allegiance that, you know, they said, well, oh, this flag is special that we're going to pledge allegiance to. That was, quote, they said, quote, was carried at the peaceful rally with Donald J. Trump on January 6th. Wow. And They all said their salute to their fucking whatever. And Youngkin was smart enough to not show up at this thing. Apparently he's like, he's like, he was a no show because I think a lot of people were like, yo, you're at a fucking, they just prayed to the January 6th flag. Like, is this what you want to tell your suburban voters? So then, you know, I think that made a lot of news and like, you know, obviously McAuliffe is like, you're, are you going to condemn this? Uh, But I I doubt that's going to happen because he can't piss off the MAGA world. So yeah. It's just been a lot of interesting things happening. And then earlier in the day, Wednesday, Trump put out this fucking weird statement. He keeps saying this shit about like how Republicans won't vote or shouldn't vote uh, like in the midterms or like they're not. Oh, you better watch out. They're not going to vote. He said this is in a statement he made because he doesn't have Twitter. Quote, if we don't solve the presidential election fraud of 2020, which we have thoroughly and conclusively documented. And as an aside, which has been thoroughly and conclusively fucking debunked. Yeah quote, Republicans will not be voting in 22 or 24. It is the single most important thing for Republicans to do. Mm. Okay, then don't vote.
2: I mean, really mixed messaging on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's that's what I'm like. I don't know what the problem this exactly solves for him, unless the plan is to completely get the GOP and the base off of the idea that voting is a concept that is an objective good.
2: I mean, I think that that is sort of a false premise because it anticipates that he's playing 40 chess and has some plan and it is entirely possible that he just doesn't know how to make a he's like not thinking about what that message actually means.
1: Right. But so that's why I'm like, I don't know, because I mean, increasingly, right, with all the voter restriction, if you can get at least half of the country to say, like, well, votes don't really matter. Then when half when the other half is saying the election was stolen, it's less of a powerful statement to them, maybe just for their own perception.
2: It's but, less like uh, it's an easier sell,
1: yeah, because then half you're like, dude, voting just is, is fucking rigged anyway, yeah, and just get over it. Trump's the winner, that's man, true. shut up, I mean, and that might be so, true,
2: but if if they sit out as a demographic, it would really hurt the party, yeah,
1: which is that's on like, or again, like to your point, if he's not playing for Chez, he's just dumb, and he thinks of voting like it's a Nike store, <laughs> and you could just boycott the shit until you, you get until what you it gets want better. Yeah, like I mean, I that don't did know. work.
0: Do you remember when Nike was a company and then they supported Colin Kaepernick? And now, I mean, those, those people cut up their socks and yeah. And, and now like, <laughs> you got uh,
1: and now you got Dr. Dre and Eminem and Mary J. Blige doing the fucking halftime show for God knows why. But it shows you how quick people change on that shit, right? I thought people had caps back, but <laughs> guess not.
0: This reminds me of this story about like there, there was a anti-vax mob that stormed a hospital like because of these like fascist leaders. It was in Rome, though. And like mm-hmm. over there, they these people are in a separate party and like that party doesn't have power. And I, I just feel like there we're at a point where, you know, like he would in any other system that wasn't, like, forcing everything into this, like, two-party situation, like, he would be his own party, and, like, there's just, the the shit can't hold, like, there there's just too many, like, different directions that the party wants to go, I think they're ultimately gonna follow him, which is the scary part, but, yeah. like, that that's why the two-party system is so scary, is because, like, he has the energy behind him and so like they're just all gonna fucking bow they're gonna pledge to the this january 6th flag uh and they're gonna nod to the old-fashioned salute that kids used to do to the flag during the pledge in uh classrooms have you ever seen that picture of like the kids (laughs) They're, they're all doing the nazi salute to the american flag like before nazis were a thing that's how People used to say the pledge. I don't oh,
1: give them God. fucking ideas. Did you oh, see the video? like, well, actually, we were doing that before the Nazis,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, two things. Firstly, pledging allegiance is one of those things, like specifically at like a campaign rally or something. That if anybody on the right saw it in North Korea, they'd be like indoctrination. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. And then secondly, did you see the video of the dude from Smash Mouth doing the Nazi salute on like at a concert? It was. It was like this week. It was. You should look it up. Is that why
0: he's leaving the band?
2: Is he leaving the band?
0: Yeah, he announced he's leaving, and he looks forward to being a Smash Mouth fan, a fan of the band, just from the sidelines going forward. That
2: that must be why, because that video just went viral like last weekend.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. After chaotic, He retires after chaotic onstage rant, as the New York
0: Post <laughs> uh, describes it. absolutely
2: how the Post would put it. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was he saying as he was doing the Nazi salute?
2: I don't know. I was listening to it on mute. I wasn't interested in hearing any
0: scratch-mouth <laughs> music. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a very good point. That was good mental health care. There's so many good videos of that guy. Know, Whoa, he's, he,
1: this is... The video taken by a patron of the festival shows Harwell slurring his speech and forgetting lyrics during the band's performance, dropping a beer can into the crowd, raising two middle fingers into the air, and at one point displaying what appears to be a Nazi salute. Quote, I'll fucking kill your whole family, I swear to God, Harwell appears to yell at one member of the audience later in the set.
0: I mean, we've so. seen we've seen this behavior from him before when they were throwing bread at Smash Mouth. And it it's an amazing video if you can find it because he leaves oh, the yo. stage while the band is, the band has already started riffing the beginning of All Star, but he, like, leaves the stage to go fight this person for throwing bread, and they're just right. up there. Like, as you hear, he's still on mic being like, fuck you, man, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, I'm going to kill you for, like, three minutes while the band's just, like, dang,
2: dang, dang, dang. <laughs> just, like just doing, yeah. like, a vamping. <laughs> like, like, one more time?
0: Let's take it one more time. no, no, no. no <laughs> The top to and the then top it ends time. with him getting back on stage and go, somebody yeah. <laughs> it's, fucking oh. great.
1: it's so funny you know it's so wild uh, salute to Christy Yamaguchi man because in this article I'm reading they have a tweet of his in the fucking article <laughs>
0: wow
1: because he tweeted something about he said I cannot wait to see Smash Mouth now and I think it's of the video of, of the shit going down so look yeah, aka
0: great Christy Yamaguchi man covering the big stories <laughs> that's yeah that's wild all right, let, let's do a quick overview of how uh, power operates. Uh, we like work. to we like to check in with just how these things work in the United States, and so I have these two different stories, uh, but I think are both revealing about different ways that operates. So first, we got Adam Schefter, who has become like the ESPN's like star NFL reporter. He's basically the woge of less interesting, more fucked up sport. But, like, he he knows the inside information about what's going to happen before uh, it happens. And apparently... How do you get that? How do you get that? So to do that, he had to earn the trust of the people who have the power, which in the case of the NFL are the owners and front officers. And so one of the revelations from the uh, Washington football team email dump that ended up with John Gruden being revealed to be just, like, the dumbest, most racist, homophobic bully and resigning... Is that Schefter was clearing stories with the Washington football team front office before publishing them, asking them to let him know what he needed to like edit, tweak, or change. I think that's a direct quote. And cheekily, in like a ass cheek kissing way, uh, referring to the people who control the Washington football team as Mr. Editor. He's like, just let me know what you need, Mr. Editor, uh, you before like me publishing to distort- the story.
1: Distort reality to your benefit, sir.
0: Yes. And this was a story from 2011 about a labor dispute between the players and the owners. So it's, yeah, he's just doing, you know, this is how a lot of media works, though, and I think is like kind of an underrepresented way that our, you know, system breaks down is that like to get access to the important stories you have to like earn the trust of the powerful people who are you know influencing those stories and then you end up fucking telling the story that they want you to tell right so uh, man dan snyder because
1: that, that's like this was so that this story about the labor dispute that's obviously before everyone's like oh look how this team was being run yeah man, yeah there was a talking. story
2: about dan snyder that came out like last summer or two summers ago and it was sort of like an right. indictment of Both him and, like, the inner workings of the team, specifically as it relates to, I believe, cheerleaders and, like, women in the ranks.
0: Yeah, I think they were, I think there's, I don't know if this is, like, fully fleshed out in the reporting, but I think there are reports that they were taking videos of them, like, on the team cruise ship, like, undressing without their knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I'm part of it, And then so Schefter is <laughs> And then Schefter carries water for them. Like they're ESPN's main NFL reporter. Right. He's gonna be like, hi, would you like to edit anything from this? Yeah, do you oh okay, cut that out, got it? KK, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Eddie D. And then this other story, uh, unrelated, but I think also kind of reveals a detail of how power operates is just this Alex Murdoch, the Murdoch family. This is like the old-fashioned type of power corrupting that we've seen in movies since movies were a thing. Like the big fish in a small pond, they were a legal powerhouse family, and like they were apparently just literally able to get away with murder for a long time. But allegedly, yeah. So, oh, is
2: this the one where the like the son killed a kid and then the dad in a boat crash? Yes.
1: Then, then him and his mom died. Yeah,
2: that was so wacky.
0: Before I was, like, viewing the news critically for a living, there was, like, a part of me that assumed that shit like this was, like, too blatantly corrupt and evil to actually, like, still go on. And that it was just, like, well, come on. There's, like, it's not like somebody would just be, like, the evil overlord of a town and just, like, that kill people pray. and be, like, I can buy my way out of anything. And the cut truth to. is. Yeah, cut to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So-
2: feudalism still exists like the the tenants of it and we're constantly trying to reinvent it for people but like yeah it it's so clear although it is true that you sort of want to think that things like that are are too ridiculous to be true and then you sort of realize that like no it just is happening in the open people it's sort of like i think about this a lot with specifically like save the children movement and like the QAnon stuff it's like there's not a secret cabal of pedophiles they're operating pretty openly and they're not scared of retribution right, because right. they're rich.
0: So one thing, Ellery, you should know is that since you were last on, we did become a QAnon podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no. uh, unfortunately. And we do we do hashtag save the children, hashtag think of the children, hashtag where we go one, we go all. <laughs> but just to catch up anybody who like wasn't listening the last time we covered the Murdaugh thing, they were like a generations long dynasty of like legal power in South Carolina Things started to unravel for them when one of their boys, like a high school student, got drunk and killed a young, like pretty white girl. So the news was paying attention in a boating accident. They decided to cover it up, like not in any like careful way. They were just like (laughs) the the way it came out was the police had like this uh, dash cam footage from the night of it happening. And there's like one of the witnesses in the car being like, uh, they like, he just clearly like killed somebody and he's going to get away with it because he's part of the Murdoch family. And like, you guys aren't going to do shit. And then like years later, the police hadn't done shit. And then that footage came out. But when it started to seem like some combination of the scrutiny on that kid and his mom becoming like unloyal to the overall like family patriarch side of the family, Uh, was going to like put a spotlight on the family. Suddenly, that kid and the mom both showed up murdered on their own farm. And then we found out there had been two suspicious murders around that same farm, Uh, one with a guy being found with his brains blown out on the side of the road and having the ruling changed from shot in the head, execution style, obviously, to vehicular hit and run by the police. Uh, somehow they were like oh yeah he got clipped with a mirror man as you know happens all the time and then the other with their housekeeper dying mysteriously while working at their house from a quote fall and they just immediately put her underground without a autopsy because oh my God. power so the
1: yeah he was hit by a ford mustang bullet <laughs>
2: <laughs> Right. honestly sort of chappaquiddick vibes with the kid like very yeah. much
0: oh yeah Chappaquiddick if like the Kennedys were only locally famous and could have <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotten definitely. away with whatever the fuck they wanted.
2: Honestly what really pisses me off is the housekeeper because I'm like if you want to kill each other inside the family whatever I don't yeah, care right, but it don't, bring, like, fucking don't bring like don't bring late your labor into it that's not fair.
1: Yeah well tell so, it to the people who are murdering
0: undisturbed to cover up their own crimes.
1: Yeah like, you're right Ellery that was a, that was
2: a bridge too far. That was you too know what far. I mean
0: So the latest charges come from the patriarch of the family. So he basically conspired with the housekeeper's kids to be like, you know, I can buy my way out of anything here. I will fix it so that you get a legal settlement through insurance because I'm so like legally powerful. You're going to get $500,000. They were not in a position to say no to $500,000. Wasn't
1: it 4.3 million though? Oh, was it? In total? Okay. Yeah. I thought the total was
0: in the millions then none of us are in the position of saying not a no, 4.3 million. Well, I mean, the thing I, is, is you know I that let,
2: each of them only got a million, like after taxes and fees and Yeah, like, yeah. whatever. So,
0: except the thing is he did that, was like I could buy my way out of anything, here you go, I'm going to pay you this. Didn't pay it to them, stole that money that he was supposed to give them because he just has absolute power and I was like, what the fuck are they going to do? And then, you know, So that is the charge that he's getting hit with right now is stealing money that was meant for like paying off the children of somebody he had probably murdered as the legal case like continues to go on. But I feel like that's another feature of power and the conspiracies that we keep seeing kind of come out in the light of day is like, first of all, it's not that these are the exceptions to the rule. It's that them getting uncovered Because, like, somebody, like, this guy got addicted to Oxy and became really, like, desperate and sloppy. And his kid was, you know, killed somebody who the media happened to care about. But, like, this is just a thing that is going on. This is status quo in America. And it coming to our attention is the exception. And then also just, like, how fucking bad they are. Like, we saw this with Trump, who's just been, like, steeping in a hot pot of, like, privilege his entire life. And like trying to pull scams. And it's just like, wh- what what the fuck are you even trying to do? Like, it's not clear how you're trying to get away with this. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, but I think it just shows like there are people who still have this mindset where they come from a time where it was truly all gas, no brakes because your whiteness yeah. and wealth were able to yeah, you didn't nullify to to any sense of anything. Right. Yeah. So now it's just like, well, what the fuck is this? Yeah. now? Like there's laws <laughs> and shit yeah like no no this is not how this is not how my dad did it Mm. what the fuck are we doing and i think you're seeing a lot of this carry over generationally where now these people are like surprised like genuinely shocked and i think that's why it's so blatant too because they're looking they've only seen generational examples of yeah you can get away with this shit
0: yeah the he when he tried to cover like throw the stink off himself for murdering his wife and kid and housekeeper and random guy found on the side of the road. The way he did it was hired his oxy dealer to shoot him in the head, but graze him and and then be like, I don't know. The killer is out there and he tried to shoot me. And then like they immediately realized like he had hired somebody to do that. And they, it's still being covered as like he did it as part of an insurance scheme. And it's like, no, he did it because he's like guilty of all these other things. but
2: Yeah. Also, somebody addicted to oxy is not who I would pick to have very good like shoot at my face but miss.
0: Right. Well, he right. was the
1: dealer, so he's the <laughs> addict. But and... is he following the ten crack command? Yeah, I was going to say. Right. I feel
2: like every dealer is also partaking, getting
1: high on their own yeah. supply. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's only the the ones that really have their shit together that don't, and you're impressed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's, that's why true. you've been able to sell cocaine this long. Okay, that makes
0: sense. Yeah.
1: You're like, I love this apartment building. I, I, <laughs> I thought there was a waiting list for this place downtown. I, like, oh, <laughs> I sell coke to the Caruso's.
0: Wow. That would be a good gig.
1: Can you imagine? There probably is someone like that, right? It's like they give the Carusos all these drugs and they keep them. They're like, yeah, wherever you need. We'll, we'll yeah. set you up.
0: We're talking yeah. about, about Alex of, Caruso, right? The, <laughs> the Laker the, point the player.
1: Laker player. No, not the, yeah. the fan overly powerful <laughs> real estate developer who runs LA.
2: That guy yeah. definitely has a cocaine dealer.
1: Right. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Lives
2: yeah.
1: in a sick, sick apartment.
0: All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about big strike energy. Yeah. And we're back. And there's, there's starting to be some, some strikes around, around the country. Starting Uh-oh. to be a little, uh, little momentum. Behind yeah. uh, labor, over 10,000 John Deere workers went on strike on Wednesday, uh, which is the largest private sector strike since 2019. Yeah, it seems <laughs> when like... When
1: you see that, when I read that line, I was like, oh, man, since I was probably gonna be like the 90s and you're like, no, 2019, because things are, if you look on a timeline on an accelerated path, because inequality is on an accelerated path. And yeah, I think we've seen this through everything. You know, the pandemic has just made inequalities painfully clear for uh, most everyone in this country and as more workers withhold their labor for better pay and benefits companies are struggling to figure out how to stay greedy and have slave wages it's i mean how do you do it i don't know so we have all these strikes in this instance john deere employees are striking because can anyone guess they want better wages and a oh, fucking pension on, plan that doesn't guys. cut out who hires <laughs> huh who would have thought What's and they next the- but the reasons have been same across the country. You know, companies are reporting the same same things happening. Companies have re- report record profits. Oh my God, we're record profits, and thanks to you all whose labor we extracted all this wealth from. uh, shout out to you because you know uh, you guys are rock stars. I hope you that guys helps. are the
0: rock stars who made this trip to space possible. Woo! Y'all <laughs> are rock stars. Give yourselves and a hand.
1: Don't ask for less work or more pay, you fucking cretins. So, in twenty twenty one just to give you an idea for John Deere they fucking they, they're set to profit nearly 6 billion dollars due to increased demand for their agricultural parts and equipment and it's beating its past record by 63% the ceo in 2020 was paid 15.6 million dollars in compensation thanks to a hey, baby shareholder value the stock is performing
0: Here's a it's little a deal, man. I mean, I was on that shareholder's call. That guy's got <laughs> that guy's got it miles and yeah. locking him in for a mere 15 mil. I mean, oh, my God. What's so fucked up fucking... about that
2: is that those employees are only asking for like 20 cents more an hour by right. 2024. Like they're not even asking for all yeah. that much.
1: And yeah. you're right, because they're you know the the United Auto Workers Union, who's representing them, they they were the ones who said no. This last thing that John Deere put in front of them, absolute trash. And even if you just think of this, right, this fucking CEO made fifteen million dollars. Imagine if he said, you know what, I only need five million dollars this year. The other ten million for those ten thousand workers, he could have cut them a thousand dollar check each.
2: More, mm. even more. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. I'm just saying narrowly. Yeah. If you want to
1: be with the most greedy version, right? It's like, well, we're not going to touch what the corporate profits are. I'll say for me as a CEO, you can take this out of my piece. I don't need 15. Come on now. Five is five is fine. The 10 for y'all, the people who I acknowledge that off of your fucking blood, sweat and tears and your backs and bodies being broken and being put to work all the time. That's why I have this shit. But You know, I I think at the end of the day, it isn't just this industry or just a specific region of the country. You got uh, the Kellogg cereal factory uh, workers went on strike to end a two tier benefit system they had. Frito Lane Nabisco went on strike earlier this summer. And fucking Ayatsi On Monday. On Monday, shit could go down. And you're going to have 60,000 Hollywood film crew, people who work in production, who are going to go on strike because, again, People see the same shit going around. And no matter what your job is, you have probably seen the same thing. You get paid fuck all and you watch your managers or superiors or the leadership of a company living in a completely different financial reality and then fucking condescend and patronize you with like all these just like empty platitudes about like gratitude for what you've done. And they're like, oh, yeah, dude, I got a sick-ass bonus. Like, we shattered our revenue goals. I mean, I think destroyed
2: two things. I think, firstly, people, managers, specifically higher-ups, are so far removed from the realities of labor that they yeah. can no longer even imagine what it's like to be living at $15 or less an hour, not even touching what it means to physically be the labor. And then, secondly, mm-hmm. did you see the tweet that Ayatsi put out today? Where they no. have been hearing reports because productions know that a strike is coming, they are forcing onto their crew members extra seventh day and sixth day. Like like they're trying oh, to they're get trying it to try
1: cram it to try they're and cram it in cram-
2: before the strike. So they're breaking more labor laws to get ready for the strike, which is like such a bad <laughs> faith. It's like let's yeah. let's get this in while we can still do it. Like, right.
1: yeah. You might as well just strike now. Okay. I
2: mean, as from where I'm standing I am like shocked that workers haven't turned to like violence and like Molotov cocktails because it's like and and truly what I think it is. And I think about this a lot, like a general strike would never be possible in America because we don't have the network of mutual aid to support laborers who would no. not be able to go into work. And so and another thing I heard about IATSE is that. One of my friends who's in, IOTC told me that they had been talking about how some productions are reaching out to college students to get them to scab, like college film students here. Wow. And and those I mean, kids don't know that if they are scabs, that means they can't join the union when they're ready.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: That's. Yeah. And look, so again, it's always rearing its ugly head, even if it's saying like, oh, I guess we have to deal with these people in good faith. We'll also try and exploit even further. Yeah. Until the wheels quite literally fall off, which
2: just show you that it's it's almost never in good faith. Like they don't actually like if there is a dollar to be made, that will always be more important than humanity and safety.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is what's interesting, too, is, you know, it's clear now workers are beginning to realize they have the leverage here. Right. Or else we wouldn't see all these strikes. Happening. Absolutely. Like 10 years ago, it was. Get for, fucking forget about. But it. America used but, to be
2: like a union country.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Till. <laughs>
2: till Reagan came <laughs> along. Know, yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, b- b- bust them shits <laughs> up. And also, yeah, Starbucks too. I believe they they closed down two stores. I think one in New York and another
0: one in Pennsylvania. Because you know, yeah, because le- they were. Is talking. that legal?
2: That's not legal, is it? I Isn't think that it's, union. I busting? think
0: they can just be like, I mean, sorry guys, we just can't afford it. Like oh, this doesn't work they, for them. They could be I'm like, sure, oh, the
2: overhead here is too high. We'll yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, we were just talking about You're how right.
2: these You're motherfuckers right. can You're do anything. He's right. right.
1: <laughs> just like, "Yeah, it is, but watch this." Yeah, I'm gonna say it was for operational yeah efficiency. And so
2: many of those things are like, let's say for example, the opioid crisis. All that shit was illegal, but it was legal with a fine. Like if you can, yeah. if you can pay Which to is- apologize for it, you can do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it also means that's a law for poor people. Yes, you know, exactly. It means that's a people. law for
2: poor people. That's how you know. Poor. If companies. it's a fine,
1: it's only for yeah. poor people. And yeah, even people in people so many
2: instances, that. it's there are offenses that could be prisonable, jailable, and whatever. We can get into how nobody should go to prison, but for really rich people, they never see jail time; they just see fines.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's that's nothing. So and that's baked and, in.
0: Uh, I mean, that's a yeah, like, legal liability is baked into in yeah. the to their calculus. There's that book, The Corporation from 2003, that is, or I think it's from earlier, but the documentary came out in 2003, but it talks about how corporations like have legal rights as individuals, like they they have the right to be treated as individuals. But when you look at how they behave, if an individual behaved that way, they would be, you know, in prison and deemed a psychopath, like a, an actual, like categorical like psychopath because they have been on the record many times as being like, okay, so we discovered this manufacturing defect in this car. It's probably going to kill twelve thousand people, oh, but okay, that's a good number. But their suits, like the limit to the like tort law or whatever, whatever the fuck it is, like means that this is how much we stand to lose. And this is how much we would lose if we did a recall. And so we're going to go with just letting the people die. Like, because that's just how. So less money. Yeah. yeah I mean, there, there is
2: like an assignable price. To, I think the, the UN once like got to a specific number, but there's like assignable prices to human lives, which yeah. is right. so intangible and so fucked up. But that's like, ca- yeah. that's capitalism.
1: Right. That's where we have to be at. And I just want to say, you know, like to that point of, you know, how a general strike would not work. Like obviously this one works because they're in a union and the union is up giving them, you know, I think like $275 a week for the, for these John Deere employees to be able to withstand on a very small scale, the loss of, of income. But th- the other thing is because there's so much leverage, you'd hope that more and more working people begin to understand that they are workers have just just unfathomable leverage at the moment because all you see right now is from the business owning class through their friends on in media they are terming this a labor shortage right and it's that perception which makes it just seem like oh man like people aren't working rather than saying yo people are fed the fuck up and they're getting organized And they're actually beginning to advocate for better outcomes for themselves in a way that they never have because the entire agreement has been fucked up. And so it's always through this very distorted lens. Well, it's not a labor labor
2: shortage shortage. until there are wage hikes. Like, um, until wages go up, it's not a true labor shortage. And I also heard this very interesting take, and I can't remember who it's from, but essentially they said that there are places who are say that they're hiring, but won't actually hire anybody because it cuts their overhead costs to have fewer people and run on a skeleton crew, but because of it might affect customer service and therefore public opinion, they have to mm-hmm. be like, we can't find anybody to work for us. Nobody wants to work anymore. But in reality, yeah. Yeah. they're like, fine, we'll run on a skeleton crew, pay them exactly as much as they were, and make even more.
0: Right. right, Yeah. We <laughs> who Who was it who was talking about going into a bar that was like overrun and like just one person behind the I think bar. it was Johnny
1: yesterday, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, Johnny was oh, saying... Oh, he said Biden. Yeah, he walked into a bar. The bartender was, like, just, you know, completely uh, overwhelmed and turned to him and just went, Biden. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think yeah. that sums
2: it up perfectly. That sums it up perfectly. Yeah. And it's yeah. also, like, I don't... I feel like I want to have, like, a group team meeting where I'm, like, we need to stress the importance of, like, labor solidarity. Because if you mm-hmm. strike alone, it doesn't matter. But if yeah. you strike with your coworkers, now you have something that's really important.
1: Right. Absolutely, yeah, and that's why, yeah, or getting organized. I know it's it's it, it comes in many different fashions, but like whether that's just getting the pulse of your coworkers and knowing where they're at and like what their needs are and wants are, and being like, you know, if we get organized, we can yeah. all say, look, we want this shit, or even finding and out how not- much
2: everybody makes
1: yeah right exactly which you'll see and then the most insidious things you'll still see like it's illegal but you'll see places be like don't talk about your wages." i've just, had
2: that so m- at the co-workers. donut shop people were i they literally told us that they were like don't yeah. talk about what you make back here like that's not oh, appropriate okay.
0: aka was, there's some fuck yeah, shit going on exactly
2: and i was like that's illegal like you can't tell me you can't tell me yeah. that
0: <laughs> wow oh one question i had like so if there is a if there's a strike going on in your local community and like there are you know, people who need support, like community support, like just like, are there food banks? Are there like, how, how what are yeah. ways that people can just like hop in and? So like... I'm actually
2: pretty looped into this, at least in Los Angeles. I run a soup kitchen on Tuesdays in Koreatown. Lots of comedians uh-huh. come and volunteer because they've been unemployed for the last 15 months. But I would say, specifically in Los Angeles, if you can donate, if you know anybody who is in the union who is striking, you can ask them specifically what they might need and that would be good but if you don't you can donate to food banks we have a huge network of community fridges which don't just need food they also need people to go and clean up any boxes or remove any spoiled food and then i would recommend getting involved with a mutual aid organization in your neighborhood and that can look like a diaper bank it can look like a food bank it can look like any number of things water drops specifically in la very important mm-hmm. so yeah i would i would just say try to do hyper local And something I've noticed over the pandemic, it's not like like for a long time I ate at my soup kitchen because like money was short for me, too. It's all different types of people that face like food insecurity or diaper insecurity or like a big one we see is like menstrual product insecurity. So there are all these like sort of small necessities of daily life that as your bank account dwindles, those get harder to place And so, finding ways to fill in those gaps, I think, is like the number one thing that we can do to support like striking labor.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And sometimes you'll see, sometimes there'll be strike funds. Yes, I think there will eventually. There'll definitely be an
2: IOTC strike fund for sure. Yeah,
1: and that's one way. If you're not maybe physically there, you can support with your money to support a strike fund that would then help striking workers. And
2: I would argue that liquid cash is definitely the most important like thing because. You can't anticipate an individual's needs only they can and some people are mm-hmm. like oh I don't want to give out you know cash money and I think that's the that's the number one way to help a person is, is to yeah, give yeah, them yeah. cash yeah. liquid cash.
0: But I need them to uh, jump through this hoop where they apply for a job yeah. and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do I means I,
1: test this? Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Dude. Uh,
2: that's so
1: and it's, so so it's everywhere. Yeah. It is everywhere. Yeah and it, everywhere. People don't realize too how insidious means testing is to like you're, even I have friends who work in you know blue municipalities state governments where they're banging their head against the wall with their other bureaucratic co-workers who they're like yeah we do need to address this and help these people who like you know these people in this marginalized community do need better like we should allow them to, we should give computers or something just to create better educational outcomes and people are like but how do we know that people are going to use them in the right way i just feel like and fuck that like i don't
2: i don't take that out of care. your mind yeah well first things Firstly, I would so much rather help somebody by accident than not help anybody or, like, give somebody something that they don't actually need. And then secondly, or, like, the amount of, like, fraud that would have to happen for me to care about it would have to be, like, 25%. And that's not happening. It's going to be, like, 1% to 5%, if that. And then secondly... The fraud
1: that's happening is with the wealthy. Yes,
2: really, generally. That's that's the
1: large-scale fraud we should be worried about. And then
2: also something I've, like, noticed is, like, the amount of self-policing that we do. Like, people police, like, the community fridges and being, like... Oh, like I saw this person take that thing. Shut up! Shut up!
0: Right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you
1: did you did you have a need for this? Yeah. And also, it's it's charity. All things for everybody.
2: I don't like. We don't care what people take. We don't care what they leave. We just care that they respect the space.
1: Right.
0: That's that's so funny because just it's not funny, but it's just like I have a five year old, three year old, and. Like, they are obsessed with what the other one is getting. Like, they don't care what they get as long as the other one doesn't get shit. Like, they just, like, want... I don't know. That, that just feels like it's, like, a very, like deeply human thing where people are like wait what did they do or childish yeah right but it has to be like yes
2: unlearned or it's like something you actively have to work against yeah
1: yeah yeah that yeah you don't if you have a scarcity mentality then the world is fucking awful and there's no need to help anyone because everything's fucked but the fact is there is a lot there's abundance out there it's just it's been untapped in a lot of ways whether that's people not paying their taxes or the fact that we have tremendous food waste or other things like there are many ways to actually, you know, approach these things. But it's, I think, some, you know, it's the imagination part. Yeah. And I think this is the good thing about the big strikes going on. People are beginning to get the imagination.
0: hmm Yeah. Children are monsters. They have to have it drilled out of them <laughs> but just by nature. There's so much uh, wild shit in there.
1: Yeah. Yo, th- what about that thing you do, like, if you have, like, siblings or cousins and you, like, you you, you bring in, like, a, a plate of food and you're like, which one's heavier? Right. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to get that one. <laughs> Here you go. You know what, what I right. mean? Which bag is yeah, heavier yeah, yeah. of this takeout? Which, <laughs> like we oh, yeah. The same which, thing? One's bigger, like, that's, which one's yeah, bigger? Which one's
0: bigger? All right. Well, once again, we're not going to have time to get to the uh, zero visual imagination <laughs> thing. But that is, I think that's what it should be, is just a story that's out there. That's off in the uh, distance that we can always aspire to get to. But there was just too much good shit to uh, talk about today with Ellery. Ellery, such a pleasure having you. Where can people find you and follow you?
2: Um, You can find me at at Ellery underscore Smith on Instagram.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying?
2: Yeah, I have a tweet today. I picked it out not knowing what we would talk about, but now it seems really fitting. So it's a tweet from Bug at Wolly World, W O L Y World. And it says, I love when customers are rude. No way, OMG, my turn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? You
1: can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. And also the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexandra, where we talk 90 day, you know, and that 420 shit. And yes, yeah, some tweets that I'm liking. First one is from Matt underscore Johnson. He said, my students are so young that if I yelled the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire, they would think the roof was on fire. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wow. That that, that, that makes sense. But we do need water. (laughs) Uh, Another one from Amelia Elizalde at Amelia Elizalde on Twitter uh, says all the video games my boyfriend plays are like, would you like to search beehive? And he'll say yes. And it'll be like. You have found a bee. <laughs> just like a stupid role-playing game shit, but I just love this take on it. Like, wow. You found know, a bee I in that bee. beehive.
0: Babe. Ooh. I found a
1: bee. There's a bee Babe, there's a bee in there. <laughs> Yeah, the beehive. Yeah, yeah, I searched when it asked me to say
0: yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A couple tweets I've been enjoying. Jess Dweck at the Dweck tweeted, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox will keep releasing quotes until their demands are met. <laughs> and then Casey at CT Right Pretty tweeted, "I bet Shack has called the vaccine a Shack scene so many times that people have gotten mad at him." <laughs> and that is there's there's almost no way that's not true. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we think you might enjoy hey miles what song do we think people might enjoy
1: oh man we got we got something new uh well new to me but it's a track from caliuchas and sizza and i just like this one just just get your weekend started it's called fue mejor and you know this is it's it's got spooky it's sexy And I couldn't
0: ask for two artists that I like to hear more sing. So Caliuchas, Siza, Fue Mejor. Awesome. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcaster, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.